Hello and welcome to Sci-Fi Sidebar. I'm your co-host Cece. And I'm Peter, your other co-host. Welcome to our episode on Foundation and Empire, the second book in Isaac Asimov's Foundation series. Peter, how did you like the second book? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it yeah. was uh, a lot better than the first one, personally. I thought, um... I can see that. It added a little bit more uh, flavor to the universe. Yeah. A lot a bit more, I think. Well, I feel like you actually got to know the characters a little bit more, which was nice. Yes, exactly. It was a little more character-centric, which, while we talked about in our last episode, how you know Isaac Asimov might have intentionally stayed away from that because of the principles of psychohistory. He might have come under some fire for that, or some maybe people didn't like it as much, just yeah. because of the fact that there were no characters to fall in love with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not everyone needs character-driven plot, but I kind of do personally <laughs> otherwise it's hard for me to like stay interested yeah actually i get that that's why i'm so bad at reading non-fiction <laughs> well you're both reading about the wrong fiction then, or wrong non-fiction then there's some Maybe. real characters out there cc that's true <laughs> that All is right. true so the book is uh splendid two halves there's the uh the general del uh, bell rios yes the uh the great imperial general <laughs> and yes. uh yeah, so Cece, what did you think about this first part? Honestly, Peter, I kind of thought it was like the first quarter of the book. It wasn't until I like went back and looked at synopses and stuff where it was like, this is the first half. And I'm like, is it? Didn't feel like the first <laughs> half. It felt like nothing happened because nothing kind of did happen. I mean, yeah, there were no, there were no involved, like the, you weren't, you ever got like a uh, overlook of, you know, any of the battles or anything. But there's some pretty essential things that happened during this part of the book. I guess. I so, guess. Well, here, here are some of them. So first of all, they set up the kind of... Uh, they talk a little bit about how, you know, the traders are kind of changing their roles. Okay. Um, and kind of like the role of the, the trader is, is, is shifting. Maybe it's not as honorable of a, of a career as it used to be. Right. But mostly what happens here, which is key to the rest of the series, is that the foundation... Start like the idea of Selden's plan becomes like, you know, uh, a very common theme, and everyone knows about it now. Selden's plan That's is, is a ex- commonly accepted thing across the the foundation sphere of influence. I mean, even wasn't Belrios himself talking about it? He was like, "Nah, screw Selden, I got this." Like he didn't believe in it, but he knew about it. It was like a known thing even outside of the foundation. Exactly. So he looked at the foundation and was like. Oh, they're so overconfident because they have Selden's plan. But right. wait until they see my fucking ships. Which, then... I mean, fair. I can see why he'd think that. Exactly. And you know what? Like, I would probably look at it that way, too. Like, all right. Fair enough. The whole thing begs the question, though. Because, I mean, basically, Belrios failed because Selden's plan... Because of Selden's plan, not through, like, the actions of anyone else. So it almost brings up the question of, like free will almost you know what i mean because like you think about the other the other like crises that happened in the first book and each of them seemed to have been solved by the characters that we followed during the course of you know the passage of those books but the whole point of the psychohistory theory is that it doesn't predict the actions of men it predicts the the actions of man as like the, you know, the species, meaning the cult- humanity. Yeah, yes. exactly. The society. It, it yes. predicts societal shifts. Right. So it's sort of like, does anything anyone 
does... Wait. Is there anything that anyone does in these books that actually matters? Well, yeah, absolutely. And you see that in Prem Palvers. We'll look at that later, but, like, the whole second foundation is based on the idea that their actions matter. Because Selden's plan, like, generally speaking, works, but requires some tweaking. And the second foundation doesn't play a huge, huge role in this one until the absolute end. Like, right. CC, the, um, the next books, the second foundation's, like, a major player as opposed to, like, a phantom okay. in the closet. Oh, good. I'm psyched about that. I've been, yeah. I've been waiting to hear anything from the second foundation. The second like, foundation all the more so legit. after we talked about it in this book a little bit and kind of got it teased. Yeah, exactly. It got teased towards the end there. Yeah, no, second foundation's, like, a major player in the rest of the books. That's good to know. Um, you know, it doesn't matter for this, because I think it's going to be a little while before we do another Foundation book, but... Right. For anyone that's, like, pretty into Foundation now, yeah. It, it, I <laughs> that's re- where we're going. I was just continuing on reading the series, because we're going to do it eventually, and uh, and if you heard the second Foundation, you're like, S- I want more of that, yes, please. Uh, it, it's coming in the new book, in the next books. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the second Foundation's conduct absolutely impacts the universe. That's fair and, enough, because they're the ones who are, like, basically trained to respond. Yes. And you look at the mule, and, like, the mule's individual action absolutely affected the universe. Now, granted, he was a mutant. Yeah, but he was supposed to be a wild card. That was the whole point of the mule, which I thought was really interesting. Yes. How I thought that was the most interesting thing about this book. I would agree with you on one level. But one thing I, w- I want to swing back to the general real quick. One of the cool things that is mentioned from there is that like one of the he, he's talking about his ships and he was like bragging about his ships yeah and he goes on like and they were built like my ships were built from the very ruins of the old grand fleet and like that's not a thing to brag about <laughs> oh so they're like thrown together so from you, scraps <laughs> you got junk you went you pilfered a junkyard is what Basically. you're saying yes. and like yeah because that's all the empire fucking had left yeah I, and they're, and they're still, like, glorying in it. It's, like, that same concept from the last book where, you know, everyone in the Empire is just clinging to, like, the glories of days past and not, you know, advancing anything at all. And now it's to the extent that they're literally taking, like, old junkers and, I don't know, putting a new engine in them, I guess. I think they're taking... A lot of antique cars and then taking them engine, to war. I think they're taking an engine from one and a gun from the other and smacking them together. Because they can't build engines anymore. Oh, that's true. They don't know how to do any of it. It's so weird. Here's the other thing, Cece. I What I really like about um, when they're outlining the the few battles that are mentioned between the Foundation and, like, little snippets here and there. Just, yeah. like, a quick description here and there. Uh, I like how the Foundation's thing is, like, little cruisers. Like, yeah. that's, that's their whole wheelhouse. And, like, there it is. The Foundation, at this point, has does not have a manufacturing, like, a, a materials problem anymore. They can... They can ship in all the materials they want, but... And they still keep with the little, because it makes them strong. I mean, <laughs> small but mighty. No, it's yeah, like... That it's is like, kind of the whole the whole foundation, that was small but mighty. I mean, honestly, though, like, it is. And, like, that's their whole kind of, like, culture and history is miniaturization and being, you know, frugal with their resources and all that. So they're building yeah. these small but highly effective, like, warships that are basically, like, you know, can go toe-to-toe with the Imperial ships, just in full, but they just got driven back because... Uh, I think they were retreating. I think that was a conscious decision to retreat until the Selden plan took effect, basically. Well, you know what the other interesting thing about the first half of the book is? Is, like, 
I would say the decay of the foundation itself. Like, not to the extent of the Empire, obviously, but it seemed like they had kind of fallen into some bad habits, let's just say. Which ones are you referring to? Well, I the one the first thing that really struck me was like the super casual mention of torture, which did not seem like a very enlightened thing to do. <laughs> and they're oh, like yeah. Did you notice too? There's like a line about oh the- <laughs> This is how we know it's true because we beat it out of them. It's like, no, that's not how that works. It's not how any of this works. That actually very consciously compromises the uh, integrity of your intelligence. But nice try. And I don't know if that's like, (laughs) because it's an old book, I don't know if that's what Isaac Asimov truly believed or if he was trying to be like, hey, look at this foundation. It's kind of falling apart a little bit in a way. Well, no, see, I think you may be doing that. Oh, because yeah. when you, I mean, our, our, we'll, we'll get into it more later, but, like, in the second half of the book, it's absolutely based on, like, the foundation is, you know, reaching an impasse. Because there's a point where the foundation stops facing external threats and starts facing internal ones. Which makes sense. So. When no one out from the outside can challenge you anymore, you start bickering. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, there's parallels all across history, and the foundation shows it well. Right. So the, I think that's part of why it's kind of done there. It's like the foundation's starting to have some issues, some moral, like some, it has its own, it has to figure out its own identity. And I think that's kind of what part of what this book's about, specifically the second half. Mm-hmm. The, yes. um, okay. one thing I really, really liked about the first half, and this is probably the last major thing we're going to talk about here, because uh, the first half was, um, you know, I, did you, were we talking, were we recording earlier when you mentioned this, that you felt like it was like the first quarter of the book? Oh, yes, that was on the recording. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I totally agree with you there. I did feel like that, but there's still some things to talk about. Um, one of the things I really liked was the whole breakdown of like how the Empire's last gasp was doomed to fail because of the fact that like you would have to have a strong emperor and a strong general at the same time. Right. Like I really like that whole idea. That's like... Well, you... sort of like the little diagram almost that they drew up like... If there's a strong emperor or a weak emperor versus a strong general or a weak general, like these are the four outcomes that could happen. Yeah, it's only and like, none of them would lead to the downfall of the foundation. Yeah, exactly, and it's like you'd have to have like a real interesting em- like um, uh, emperor and a real interesting general to have that happen. There have to be real aberrations, but generally speaking, the foundation cannot fall if in, in this specific situation. Right. But I thought that well, was kind of I mean, cool. The whole point of establishing the foundation was that it wasn't going to fall. But the only reason that it was that threat of falling at any point was because of the change in human society, which is like kind of a weakness of psychohistory. Psychohistory can only be applied so far as human society doesn't change. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Although I think the idea is that human society is pretty much constant. Like... You know, like human nature doesn't change that much. Yeah, human. If you look through our history, I mean, like look at different countries. Every, pretty much every great country has fallen because of the same couple of reasons. Yeah. Whether it's infighting, uh, extreme corruption of the government, and an external threat that was just too big to bear, it's like one of those three reasons. Well, I think it's a combination of those three reasons a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. But like, there's definitely a list of like five things, and a combination of the five or one of the five is responsible for the big the fall of every single major nation. Yeah, that's definitely true. So, you know, and, and this is, like, Eastern culture and Western culture. It's not like it's, like, you know, 
the only Western cult, like Western nations. It's not a white guy fall. problem. It, it's not a white guy's burden. Okay. <laughs> it's a white and yellow fella. No, it is not. So, what did you just say? What? I said a white fella and a yellow fella. God. It's both of them. Every, every fella. Every fella. Every fella and of the rainbow. lady. Well, no. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. So shall we go into the second half? Yes, absolutely. Okay. You were right. Beta was good. She was, however, still basically a housewife. Everyone was like, wow, it's amazing how she walks with the men like she's their equal. <laughs> and again couldn't tell if that was asimov or asimov's characters feeling that way honestly though well i think because oh man i really wish i knew (laughs) we really can only speculate i want to believe that typically science fiction writers are more enlightened than the 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 common folk they are, but I mean, again, this was the 50s, so, like, again, this is another case of vintage woke, where he's like, oh, yeah, this girl's a total, like, she's smart, and she's, like, witty, she's, she's educated, pants. she works, but she does still cook all the meals. <laughs> she does, she's a kick-ass woman, because she does both. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she does all of it. Yeah. And oh yeah, she has some mother instinct that we're gonna talk about at some point. Like <laughs> Yeah, honestly though. And she's also real nice and she has a motherly instinct. <laughs> to loves the... that weird clown. She loves that weird little clown. <laughs> I mean, the motherly instinct really did save the foundation, so uh, Yeah. I mean Yeah. Pretty much. Credit where credit's due. You gotta give it to her. Yeah, I mean for sure. Hey, that's the sure. strength of women, baby. They can care for little clowns. <laughs> It's part of it. It's one of the things we can do. <laughs> just, just a couple. Just like a one of our list. many offerings. <laughs> one of our greatest skills. Great little little clowns. clowns. Weird little uh, clowns oh who God. turn out to be supervillains. Well, exclusively those, yeah, of course. Not regular weird little clowns. No, they don't deserve love. No, oh my God. All right. So, <laughs> moving on to the second half of the book The Mule. Yes. The Mule, the, the Mule. Mean. Was very interesting. Yes. Okay, I mean, the, the mutation thing was, like, poorly supported. Whatever. We'll put that aside. Whoa, 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 whoa. Expand. Uh, they were just like, he's a mutant. He can control minds. It's like X-Men, you know? It was, like, weirdly fantastical for an otherwise pretty grounded series. Like, well, it basically... Okay, Peter, this is so far in the future that they don't know where humanity started in the galaxy, okay? Mm-hmm. And yet, human society is basically the same. Like, there's not really any tangible... God knows women haven't advanced. <laughs> well, that's the psychohistorical uh, belief, Cece. Human society really never changes. Yeah, pretty much. But... Psychohistory did nowhere, not see women's suffrage coming. Yeah, it really... Whoa. Fucking mind blown. <laughs> oh, my God. But, no, so... Out of nowhere, like, there, there's, like, this one part where they're like, oh, yeah, you know, there's some mutants and, like... Most of them just don't even have any impact. Like, some of them have, like, some pretty minor changes. But then, like, the fact that with no apparent evolution, just, like, a single, you know, aberrant gene or combination of genes in this one guy led to emotional control, that's, like, way too complex a thing for it to be, quote-unquote, evolved in one generation. All right, now... Here's what I would 
posit. <laughs> In this universe, humans have latent abilities to do this. What? That's an accepted concept because if you look at the second foundation, that's what they do. Peter, I haven't read those books yet. <laughs> they talk about the end of this book, Cece. What did they talk about that? They had a fucking emotional psychic duel. What the hell are you talking about? What the hell are you talking about? How did I miss this? Who had an emotional psychic duel? Did... Hey, Cece, what's the end of this book? How's this book end? <laughs> <laughs> this book ends with Beta killing Ebling Meese. Revealing that the mule is, is actually Magnifico Giganticus, which is an amazing clown name, by the way. And then he's like, yeah, you got me. And then he talks about himself for a little while, and then he just leaves. And he's like, I'm going to find that second foundation, damn it. Son of a bitch. What did you do? That's the beginning of the next book. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go back and not edit that in. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So sort of... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, okay, well, that's what the second foundation can do, surprise. <laughs> I was gonna say, I thought I was paying pretty, like, good attention at the end of this book. Like, I wasn't really multitasking, I was just sort of, like, It's <laughs> like, a pretty hard it. thing to miss. Yeah, <laughs> a psychic-emotional well, duel would have been very challenging. <laughs> Alright, Yeah, well. Peter, we don't, we don't meet anyone at the second foundation. We just literally find out that it's, like, the psycho-historian foundation. And then, oh, Trey, no, it's because they have, like, vague conversations about it, right? Yeah, Ebeling Meese is like, oh, this is what's going on, and Beta's like, cool, and then he's like, okay, I found it, and she's like, cool again, and shoots his top off. Okay, fuck, so you need to read the next book, like, ASAP. Everyone, you read the next book. <laughs> I think Just it's, kidding, uh, we're doing that for our next story. I think it's Just Foundation's kidding. Edge. Okay. Oh, no, Foundation, Second Foundation, I think it's, like, uh... The Second Foundation, I think it's called probably. The Second Foundation. Yeah, that would, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, read which is the third book. book. Thanks. It's so <laughs> the good. The third foundation book is called the second foundation. <laughs> yeah, no. Thanks, Isaac. Isaac. Well, I mean, to be fair to Isaac, he did not plan this series out. <laughs> Apparently. Well, the um, I mean, the first half of this book was is, is called The General, and it was released in, in 1945 in a science fiction magazine called and under the title Dead Hand. So like. Ooh. No, this whole series is released as, like, basically little novellas. No shit. I can totally see that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why all these books kind of have, like, a pretty clear definition. Okay. So, like, this, so the mule happens about 100 years after the first half of the book. Yes, I knew this. So, like, that's, like, why, though? Because you'd, like, release one and then publish the next piece, and it would be like, okay, let's check in with the foundation a couple hundred years later. That's really interesting. Uh, yeah, I could totally see that. But I feel like there's not a lot of books these days that are, that are published that way. Uh, pretty much the only thing I can think of is The Martian, yeah, which the was Martian. kind of, which was like, you know, a, a serial book. Wait, yeah, but it was like published on his blog. It wasn't like published in a magazine. No, you're right. Um, it's just like the, it's the it's modern the closest, day equivalent. It's the closest equivalent I can think of, yeah. I would think it's probably the modern equivalent. Because if there was the internet back in the day, Isaac Asimov probably would have released it on the internet. Yes, I would agree. Um, oh, what one interesting <clears> thing, because uh, I'm about to talk, I want to talk about The Great Sack, um, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But um, one interesting thing is that the uh, you that the I, I so we and I talked about in the last episode a little bit how like this has a lot of parallels to uh, to Rome and yes. into, like, into like that great that great uh, that great civilization there. But um, have you heard of it? Yeah, have you have you heard of Rome, Cece? <laughs> 
Uh, no, Peter, why don't you tell me all about it? It's kind of the shit. It had lots of slaves. <laughs> Invaded a lot of places. Sounds sweet. However, spawned the game Rome Total War, which is to this day one of my favorite games. <laughs> which was a gift. So, pretty much broke even. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Isaac Asimov did a, uh, a study, actually. Like, did, like, a published study on Edward Gibbons's book, History of the Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire. Um, and like Isaac, Asim- Isaac Asimov had said and written that like the series is based on this the idea that like this <laughs> society this stagnant society is doomed to fail and if you look at the Roman Empire the Roman Empire fell and then like relatively soon the Dark Ages happened pretty much immediately I like, would, a, like, a, like I, w- I would argue in many places immediately yeah <laughs> yeah like not across all of Europe and Eurasia, but across a lot of it, all Much of Europe of it anyway. immediately went to the Dark Ages, which we talked about a lot in the last Basically, episodes. anywhere that wasn't, like, taken over by... The church. I guess, East, yeah, the like, Eastern Roman Empire, yeah, the church. The HRE. And, uh, the That's Muslims. I guess the Muslims, I think, yeah. Had some, had some territory at the time. Uh, in Spain, I mean, not yes. very good at history. Um... <laughs> Yeah, the weirdest, the weirdest part of all that is that pretty the much Muslims everywhere but there, huh? The weirdest part of all that is Muslims had like part of Spain. That's yeah. That I was guess. wild to me when I learned that. I was like, "What the fuck were they doing there?" Because they're not like geographically connected. <laughs> no, in <laughs> any way. <laughs> but it's actually it's like they're Alaska. It's the Muslim Alaska. It's probably real cold for them, too. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. um, So one of the things I thought was cool was Trantor's uh, Great Sack. Yeah, that was interesting. And it was also, like, one of those little otherwise very important historical facts that was just sort of, like, trickled in there. I know. It's, like, casual. You played down, and you're like, wait, 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 what? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yeah. I was reading the book the first time, and I skipped over. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, it was very blink and you'll miss it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what frustrates me so much about this book and Dune. They would drop these little tidbits <laughs> that are like significant details about You're like, wait, tell universe. me more. I want to no? know more about that. Yes, please. <laughs> well, because this book just doesn't give a shit about the Empire. It's like, eh, it's stupid, whatever. Why do you care? <laughs> yeah, you don't give a shit about the Empire, right? But the Foundation, fuck yeah. Oh, it's the Foundation. That's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, yeah, so 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 here's what I understand happened. Somebody rebelled against the Empire. Yeah. Sacked Trantor. The Emperor and his court fled to Trantor 2 or whatever. Um, uh, Neo, Neo-Trantor, thank you. Oh, Neo-Trantor. <laughs> um, and then, I don't know, that guy, like, died or something? Uh, I, I think, actually, he was still alive. Or maybe, like... No, no he's, he definitely wasn't son. part of that like agricultural colony that. Oh, oh, you Trantor mean like the in. general? Yeah, the guy who the guy who rebelled. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I think name. he fucking died or some or his like troops left or something. I don't know. Uh, so, I don't know. His whole thing fizzled out. And... Oh, see, see, that makes a lot of sense. Just read the next book. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have kept reading, Peter. This is what happens uh, when you keep reading before I'm we record. I'm two books ahead. <laughs> oh no. I'm on the foundation's edge. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then I, what I really liked was that it was like, it was like back to basics on Trantor. <laughs> yeah, They're no. like, all right, well, 
nobody's sending us food anymore, so I guess we have to make it. And you then guys they, remember how to do that? <laughs> they started, like, ripping up the metal, being like, dirt, glorious dirt. Yeah, it's, like, rolling around <laughs> fucking dirt. And it became, like, downtown, like, or, like, uh, like, old boy farmers. Yeah. And, like, the way they're talking about, like, oh, yes, the next generation that had to, like, grow to become, like, tough, tough farm kids and so on and so forth. I was like, oh, that's nice. It's wholesome. Yeah, it was, it was like a real grassroots movement. <laughs> Literally, pretty yeah. much. It's, it's fucking awesome. I love it. And they're, <laughs> like, just, they're, like, trading off of, like, the ruins of old Trantor being, like, all right, here's some metal. Give us eggs or whatever. No, it's not even that. Cece, they're, like, you can take down that tower. This seems like yeah. a terrible process. That tower is yours. Do with it what you will. <laughs> like, what an honor system. I know, right? It's, like, kind of great. I love what happened to Trantor. <laughs> it's really inspiring, Probably, actually. like, a lot of people died, but... Oh, billions. <laughs> yeah, billions for sure. There were 40 However, billion people on Trantor, and there's, like, 20 million left. So yeah. there's that. Well, <laughs> like, not that many left. They something. probably all just left. That's not what happened. <laughs> Sorry, Trantor. But the people who survived, they're going to be okay. I love that the uh, the university survived. Yeah, that was really nice. They're like, yeah, we want to preserve that. It's like, oh, that's that's pretty that's pretty smart of you farmers. Good job. No, that's pretty great. They're like, yeah, no, we gotta save that. And, um, and it's like no one's no one's using it. They're just like, I don't know. It's like a symbol of, you know, the empire and like the heights of knowledge that humanity reached, and it's worth preserving. The good old days. Basically, yeah. So it's, it's nostalgia, really... but in a positive way. <laughs> Which is good, because pretty much the rest of this book is nostalgia in a negative way. Honestly, though. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I, I like it, though. But they also yeah. might be like, hey, look at, you know, the heights of our folly. <laughs> so... Kind of, yeah. A little bit. I mean, but they're living in the heights of their folly. They're living in a planet that was literally covered in metal and buildings. That's true. And that they have now, like, torn apart to make, you know, an agricultural world. Like, they, they, they live in a constant reminder of their folly. That's all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't so, know if you can really even argue that Trantor's a folly. It's, like, it's a symbol of the folly, I guess. Trantor is absolutely a folly. They tried to... Actually, yeah, you they know, tried you're right. They talk about that a fucking, lot in the first book. They, yeah, they tried to regulate a universe from... Or from like a, a planet. A whole galaxy... From one planet. You know what they never get into is communication. Hyperwave transmitters. They have flash and light communication. Oh. Sorry. God, clearly I'm not paying enough attention to these books. Uh, you might not be, or I might also be reading way too far. <laughs> Maybe you know about this. No, now that you said hyperwave transmitters, that does sound familiar. I think what happens is they mention them earlier, and then they actually like, explain what they are in later books. That's probably these what it is. These weren't published in order. So what might be happening is I'm hitting the parts where they explain them, and they're... It just expected you to know it already in the books you're in the earlier books. Maybe. Yeah, because as Gazmob was a son of a bitch. Fuck that guy. Honestly, though. So yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I want to switch over to those uh, those uh that that you know the the iconic trio of uh, Torin, Beta, and Ebling Mess. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say and Gi- Magnifico Giganticus, which is just just say it with me now. Magnifico, Magnifico Giganticus. Giganticus. <laughs> <laughs> a fantastic clown name. You gotta a, give it to the mule. It is a fantastic cha- clown name. Way better than Bobo. World's better than Bobo. 
Oh, of course, of course. I mean, like, honestly, if I was a clown, I would run a Magnifico Giganticus. And That's how little like, human society has changed in all these millennia, by the way. They're still naming clowns Bobo. First of all, they still have clowns. Second of all, they named Bobo. <laughs> I thought we would evolve past this. How are we not past this? Clearly, fucking psychohistory didn't predict Stephen King and it <laughs> ruining clowns for a generation. Stephen King was and just, more. All right, clowns were already ruined. No one liked clowns before. I don't think that's true. I think people did like clowns once. I don't. Okay, yeah, once. But I don't know 40s. if Stephen King single-handedly invented the idea of the scary clown, but he sure as hell made an impact with it. Oh, he sure as hell popularized it. Hey, throw back to that time like two years ago that there were all these clowns making death threats. Uh, yeah. How weird like, was that period of time? That was like a real weird thing that actually happened. That actually happened in the real world was fake clown threats. <laughs> yeah, no. If, hey, hey, listen. If basically you're not from Pennsylvania, go ahead and look that up. Was that just a PA thing? This was a... Oh, Cece, this is a highly localized thing. <laughs> It was like just in central. I think there was a couple instances outside of PA, but most of them it was just like in central PA. Uh, okay, gotcha. It's like a terrifying thing that happened in our state. All I know is that the stadies had to like do more patrols and stuff because parents were like calling them like I don't know clowns clowns at my kid's school, and they had to like go to the schools and things like that. Oh man! Like it's nice. hilarious for us, but it was actually causing like real issues. Oh, oh we're God. saying mm-hmm, in the background. <laughs> <laughs> the real life state trooper opinion is. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. at all amused all right. by the way. This is completely off happened. topic, but like seriously, go look that shit up. The shit <laughs> it was, was insane. So weird. <laughs> it was like a fever dream for like three months. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even like around it or anything. It just happened. <laughs> I know. It just happened out of the blue. <laughs> Oh god. Okay. Anyway, Sorry. so uh, Ebling Mies, <laughs> Beta, and Torin. Yes. Uh, first of all, we talked about in our last uh, episode about a lot about how like why the fuck are there no psychologists? Yes. And so I like the fact that Ebling Mies is like a psychologist, and he's kind of also a rock star in the foundation. <laughs> he's kind of, you know who he is, Peter? What's up? He's Ian Malcolm. He's Ian Malcolm. <laughs> like, eccentric genius. Pioneering. Yeah, dis- kind like, of, like, abrasive. Not everyone likes him, but he's kind of necessary. He's a pione- pioneering scientist. Like, <laughs> Honestly, though. Because it's so funny. Because he's, like... He fucking kicks down the door into the mayor's mansion. Like, okay. Cool. Yeah, fuck yeah. Do it, Ebling like, Meese. <laughs> yeah, he just shows up, and the mayor's like, I guess I have to give you an audience now. Like, shit, Mayor. And presumably he was mostly self-taught, too, because it doesn't seem like... Did they mention him being trained by anyone? And It was, like, a little bit. He, like, worked on whatever was in the past. But mostly, yeah. Like, maybe he read all the stuff from, like, that one psychologist who went to the first foundation. But otherwise... Yeah, exactly. Like, the dude... He basically, basically like, like, reinvented the field. Which is really cool. And then he did it fucking again with psychohistory. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so cool. Like, um, I mean, mind you, he did it, like, under the influence, but... Yes. And I, I yeah, that whole thing was really interesting. I, it made a lot more sense when he was like, oh, yeah, no, I was just, like, driving him to make him, you know, get all that information. And I was like, oh, that explains why he's, like, wasting away, because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, you have time. Like, You're you, good. You got so much time. Sleep, eat, 
you know? The mule basically won already. Like, anything you do at this point is... Just bonus. Yeah, exactly. Consolation. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. So I love the... Uh, yes, I do enjoy that. Um, yes. <clears throat> yeah, Mies was definitely an interesting character. It's, uh, you know, add a little bit of a... A little bit more... I like the fact that it shows that the Foundation is starting to kind of diversify again. Like, the Foundation was the physical science powerhouse. Still is, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like, there's the physical science powerhouse. But now they're going, okay, there's... I like the fact that they're acknowledging, at least some of the scientists are acknowledging that, there are areas that we don't know anything about. Right. And I think Evelyn Meese is kind of... Show, he is the, the representative of that movement to kind of reinvent the old sciences that they're missing. Yeah, and in a way, it's sort of like a parallel to... Um uh harry selden because harry selden basically like he wasn't the first psychologist but he like basically invented psychohistory um as the empire stagnated and like sort of as a means to i guess see the future and like predict the path that the empire was going to go down and you can almost argue that like meese did start doing the same thing for the foundation mm-hmm. yeah you know he didn't invent us and doing he near inventing psychohistory when he was at the foundation but he definitely you know was def- uh, a driver of that movement. Yeah, and I mean, it was very clearly like considered important even by people who didn't like him. They were like, well, you're basically the only hope, so... <laughs> you're yeah. basically the only one who can respond to crises that fall outside of, like, the plan. Yeah, exactly. And, like, that and was, I think, one of the best moments in the book, though, is when they're in the time vault and they get that message from Selden, who's like, okay, so you dealt with the traitor revolt, and everyone's like, What? Excuse me. <laughs> I love when the guy when um I think it's Inver turns to uh, the traders and is like, "You guys are planning a revolt." Uh, uh yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Like a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, but it really is a mark of how serious the mule crisis is that they're like, "Okay, yes, we were planning to revolt, but not anymore. Not we're now. totally on board now with the plan. <laughs> we're just gonna sort of band together and do our best here. But yes, we were planning to revolt. We were def- definitely gonna do that. Yes. <laughs> like he wasn't point. wrong he just wasn't all the way right either oh like he had that shit on lock he just didn't see the mutant coming yeah which is fair that would have been unreasonable <laughs> yes because i guess mutations didn't happen 200 years ago but they happen now no they did cc but they uh didn't they but i don't know that because i haven't read the second foundation no that's not what i'm saying cc i'm saying is that they weren't impactful enough to ever matter before in history. And also, individuals can't be accounted for by psychohistory. Come on, CC, it's one of the foundation, foundation... Wait, it's one of the founding principles of psychohistory. There we go. That is true. That so, is true. And he just happened to be a very special individual. He was a real, real mutant. He was a very X-Men-esque. He was probably a class It five. was extremely X-Men-esque, exactly. So, you know. It felt uh, very that. Yeah. So I know I love how X Men like ranks their mutants based on categories. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a category five mutant. Oh shit. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That was cool. Like like a hurricane? Yes. <laughs> exactly like a hurricane. <laughs> we also named them like that. <laughs> you even okay. have one called Storm because we got tired. <laughs> You're like fuck this. S. <laughs> what's what's an S Just, word? Storm. Move it on. It is what it is. <laughs> it's a name now. Hey, she can have storm powers. It works out. Oh, shit. Man, we really lucked out on that one, huh? High five. We're amazing. High five. Let's have a drink. <laughs> um, okay. So, 
uh, let's talk about the traders though. I like the uh, the whole like this is you know kind of what we talked about a little bit in the first half of the episode, where like the foundation's starting to face internal threats. Yeah. I'm I'm a little confused though. Were the traders part of the foundation, but like more independent parts of it, or were they independent trading worlds that were like under the economic influence of of the foundation? I think basically how it went was, so there's the foundation and it's like little empire, it's little mini empire. Yeah, like the four kingdoms stuff like that. Yeah, and from those the traders were born, and the traders. I guess probably not wanting to deal directly with like the foundation's oversight in their personal lives established these worlds where they could chill. Where it was like they they themselves were still like citizens of the foundation, more or less. Mm-hmm. And like a part of it, but they weren't directly governed by it, I guess. Okay. Does that make so, sense? Does that sound so, right? So that's okay, what it so, felt like. So they're in the foundation's sphere of influence. Yes. Because there's, like, so there's, like, the foundation, which is, like, the foundation in the four kingdoms. Uh-huh. Then there's, like, the foundation's, uh, like, financial empire. Right. Which is, like, a significantly larger part of it. Maybe not formally under the pol- polity of the foundation, but definitely, like, they are the foundation's bitch. Right. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Okay. It's sort of like students who move off campus. They still have to follow it, the, well, they were, the they were bran- rules. They were branch campuses. <laughs> basically it's still part of the university still have to follow its rules more or less but like aren't as supervised okay all right no ra they didn't have ra's up in their little world yeah no ra's <laughs> right. i think that's basically what's going on with the trading worlds all right that that makes sense all right so like first of all i like how they secretly made like a thousand ships yeah whatever traders that's pretty badass all that iron honest. trading finally paid off yeah fuck okay <laughs> What I uh what I like about this though is it's like Terry Sullivan's like yeah listen the the foundation probably won okay they probably won but <laughs> they probably but got hurt and they made concessions be nice <laughs> yes yeah, I think it's very much like, I like how it's like listen whoever won really you guys are gonna end up with like a more uh more freedom loving government and like more you know a little more libertarian I don't yeah. know I just think it's, I think it's kind of a cool idea like. He's like, look, this civil war is going to happen. People are going to die, but it's necessary because you need to. It will to... make the foundation stronger. Yeah, exactly. You need to evolve And also your shake government. things up when it needed to be shaken up. Yeah, exactly. Like, shake up the stagnancy of the foundation because the foundation's a little bit like, all right, we're good. Selden's got us. We're good. Yeah, no, totally. They, they fell into apathy for sure. And, you know, and, like, that was, the th- that was what got the empire. So, really, if, that had, if something hadn't happened, whether it was the mule or whether it was uh, the, uh, the traitor revolt, you know they were gonna go the way of the empire, which is the new uh, the new saying because no one knows what the fucking dodo bird is anymore, and uh, <laughs> and they were gonna you know go stagnant and fall before they even got a chance to have an empire. I mean, you can even blame them for getting apathetic though. Like literally, the whole first half of the book was like, eh, don't even bother. <laughs> Fate yeah. will take care of itself. It's like we're not gonna really fight that hard. <laughs> it, it it's fine. It'll be we're fine. Gonna, we're basically gonna hit and run tight. and like the empire fucking got to. Like the four kingdoms, and they're like, uh, this is gonna be okay, right? And then, like, Cleon the second is like, come on back, bitch, and, <laughs> and, and stop it. it, yeah, and it's all over. By the way, uh, the yes. um, Cleon the second and Bel Rios mm-hmm. are actually based in, in very heavily on 
uh, Roman Emperor Justinian the First and his general Belisarius. Oh, who really? Had, who had basically because it was in the time of Rome when like generals were overthrowing their emperors a ton, <laughs> and Justinian you know. the First is kind of notorious for being a dick. Gotcha. So, uh, so he's like, yeah. wait, are you gonna overthrow me? Come here. Come here. Come here. <laughs> Come jump here. In the, jump in this prison cell. <laughs> so yeah, uh, just a little little fun tidbit there. That's funny. Is that basically how it went down though, for real? Yeah, basically. Oh wow, that's really interesting. So yeah, no, he... he he more than a little bit based the foundation on Rome. Oh no, yeah, like absolutely, like very much based the foundation on Rome. But like this specific story is coming from straight out of Rome. Yeah, straight out of Roman history. Yeah, that's really cool. And you saw all the time, like, generals would go out, have huge, successful campaigns, come back, overthrow the leaders. Like, fucking Julius Caesar. Yeah, I was going to say Caesar. (laughs) Literally Caesar. For example. Went out, conquered all of, like, Gaul, basically. And... It's like, what if I'm Caesar? Do what I say. Came back and was like... They're like, no, we'll stab you. Yeah, we'll stab, a little stab, stab in the back. And then they're like, all right, cool, who's the emperor now? Because we're still going to keep this emperor thing going. (laughs) Took care of that guy. Um, who's in charge? Me? Is it? Is it me? It's me. Ah, shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. Should have planned this out. God damn. Rock paper scissors. <laughs> Basically. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, what else are we talk about, Cece? I'm trying to think. We could talk about Beta and Torin, but I feel like there's not a ton to say. I mean, they're they're good. I like them. Yeah, they're like you know. They're solid characters. I think they're kind of filler characters, to be honest. I thought it was sweet that like, they got married, even though that's apparently not much of a thing anymore. Well, it isn't the foundation. Okay, it's not a, much of a thing, I guess, for the traitors. The traitors yeah, like, yeah. Torn got travel. ridiculed in, in the in the traitor, like back in Haven, because he married her. Yeah, they were kind of ribbing him. Yeah, because he's like, oh, you got married, nerd. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's very funny. Basically, yeah. I think it's funny that the foundation, though, has kept that tradition. Yeah. But everyone else is like, fuck that. Just have kids. Well, the foundation's extremely stable. That's true. And it's like, it's pretty much the only polity or the foundation's, you know, influences. Like, the foundation or its bitches. The foundation's its bitches. <laughs> uh, are basically the only, like, sta- completely stable polity around. Yeah, pretty much. Like, there's other ones, but, like, not. It could much. also it could also be sort of like a quote unquote mark of civilization to Asimov. Because, like, the whole idea is that the foundation is the, you know, the shining tower. Yeah, like shining city civilization. on a hill. Yes, that's that's the yes, that's the phrase. Yes, um, I got you. In like a sea of barbarism. That's true. Um, so, one thing I like about the later books, it, you'll get like I'm just gonna drop this real quick, then we'll move on. Is that mm-hmm. like a lot of other nations exist that are also stable and like all and like independent of the foundation. But part of the reason why they exist is because like the foundation, you know, like they would make deals and like or trade deals with the foundation, and, like get ships and be able to work between their like their their individual nations, I like their individual that, yeah. like uh, planets. So like you know they're like these are little countries that like, are like little nations that don't really matter that much. But like you know they're kind of doing their own thing, and the and the foundation managed to keep them going. And I think that's you know it's not the foundation being altruistic. Obviously, they're one they're getting paid for it, and two it just makes them easier to take over later. But it's, but that does also make it like that contributes to their mission, you know, of trying to keep civilization in the universe. I mean, how much is the first foundation really concerned about that mission? The first foundation's focused on establishing the second empire. I don't think they give a shit about the whole universe being civilized outside of their borders. Um, I guess. I guess that's true. It's sort of... Altruism isn't really going on there. Yeah. They haven't reinvented that yet. 
<laughs> that's that's that went extinct. I think Mies would have um, gotten there eventually, but he uh, he died. He got he got dead. He got his dead. Top half got blasted off of his it's bottom fucking, half. Fucking radical. Yeah. Fuck yeah. With her fuck handheld yeah, nuclear blaster. Like, how chilly was it when Torn's like she's like I think I'm gonna carry a blaster from now and Torn's like why and she's like just in case. <laughs> You're like oh shit okay so shit well, beta, what's going on? Kill someone. Okay, I, would like to, I would like to bring up again the fact that they carry handheld radiation blasters. It's so extra. <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like, why does everything have to be nuclear foundation? That's so 50s of you. Honestly, it's, no, it is the funniest part of this entire series. It's like, this is my nuclear There's necklace. There's the blatant sexism okay. in an otherwise pretty advanced world. <laughs> and then there's, there's the just... A gratuitous amount of atomic <laughs> like everything the, if it's like something you don't want to talk about or something you're like we have this ridiculous advancement oh it's just nucleics you know nucleics Fuck it's yeah. like his deus ex it's like hell yeah this is our shit and it's just like this is the solution to everything oh yeah how did you do that nucleics whatevs no big deal man pretty you're flying yes yeah, nucleics <laughs> pretty much miniature nucleics in fact yeah, tiny hyper nuclear engines, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like it's the dumbest name ever. God, yeah, yeah. Hyper I honestly, nuclear. other than like the gender stuff, I feel like one of the worst things to age about this series has been like the language. Did we talk about this already in the last episode? We talked about their cursing in the last episode. <laughs> Great space. <laughs> Great Wait, galaxy. And what was it that Beast kept saying? Unprintable. Unprintable. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, is he some kind of newsman? Like, what? <laughs> I'm glad it didn't make any sense. All right, no, I would posit that it's potentially because he wrote fuck or something, and it was like, and the editor was like, nah, uh, uncountable. <laughs> you know what, Peter? Up. That is my headcanon. I have to believe that's the case. <laughs> I would love as that's so to like, get the magazine a, and read it. Like, a, fuck, that's actually better. Perfect explanation. He's like, ah, these fucking traitors. These unprintable traitors. As you guys want reason, like, fuck, that's better. I like that. It's not better, Isaac, but okay. Oh my god, so much better. It's fucking great. Unprintable. <laughs> unprintable. Can you imagine, Peter, just like tomorrow, start saying that instead of like fucking. <laughs> Let's get it going, Cece. I'm also going to say black space in great galloping galaxies. <laughs> Just, like, see how people look at you. <laughs> it's going to uh, be great. Oh, my God. It's, it's going to happen. It's going to be great. I don't have any friends already, so it's not like it's going to change anything. It's so stupid. It's okay, Isaac. You, you tried. Don't I try anymore, I, I love the Stop language trying. in this. I love all the language in this books. It's like, very hooky. It's so aged, and I love it. Yes, it works. It oh works. God, it just it reminds works. you when this was written. <laughs> it really does. It's like the only part of this book that you're like, oh, that and like the sexism. You're like, oh, shit, it's pretty old, huh? Yeah, oh, this is an old book. I believe the nucleics part is like a guy who like knows maybe social science pretty well, but doesn't actually know shit about like science. Would write that and be like, uh, nuclear, yeah, I could done. see somebody today using that as a catch-all. I would I still ridicule them for their lack of research, but like, and like just creativity, especially in the days of the internet. Yes, uh, it's do better. Easy to find way more about about nuclear anything. Yeah, it's definitely like still lazy writing, 
is a baby that's name, but at least I could be like, eh, whatever. I'm lazy too. I get it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> all right, cool, fine. That's fine. Right. Like, if I wrote a science fiction book that I wasn't trying to make like a masterpiece, I'd probably just use whatever happened to be in my head. Yeah, pretty much. Nucleics, yes, fine. Cool. Move on. It's fusion Sounds now. Good. Shit's fusion. <laughs> right. Pour some hydrogen in this bitch and you're good to go. Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> God, these books. Uh, is there anything else we would like to talk about, Cece? I feel like we talked about the meal enough. Uh, I feel like we did. Honestly, mule like not that interesting of character. Oh man, I have an inferiority complex because I got beat up as a little kid, but now I can control people's minds. That's Ha-ha. true. He's not that interesting of a character, and he's he, like, oh, he's, I fell in love with Beta because she was nice to me. He's like real shallow. I don't like. I like the mule is a fucking worthless character. Yeah, he's not great. Um, kind of, kind of a letdown, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, like there's, seriously, there's a lot of hype about him, and it's just like, oh, so you just manipulate people? Got it, got it, got it. I like how throughout the book. They're very like not throughout the book. Like when the when the mule is doing his kind of exposition, he's very much like, you know, I'm doing this because I can accelerate the Seldon plan. Like, I can save the galaxy early. Like, I can unite the galaxy in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And like that's kind of like a great idea, except for the fact that first of all, you're doing the edge of a sword, and we that's not going to end up great. Um, it's the last refuge of incompetent men. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> uh. Get that Harden up in here. Yeah, get that. Fucking... He didn't get mentioned at all in this book. He no shoutouts for Salver Harden. No hard, no Harden shoutouts. Uh, maybe, maybe, there maybe must have been a more. passing mention. At all right. least. Maybe there was a quote that wasn't quoted. Perhaps. Maybe anyway. this, maybe this came out before <laughs> before that book did. <laughs> um. Anyway. anyway. So yes. Um. But the mule is like all about that, but like. I don't know. He's just kind of doing it for himself. He does it because he's a little bitch and got beat up as a kid. Yeah, it's definitely... It's definitely kind of like a Napoleon complex thing. I don't know. Did they say if he was short? He just seemed like a short guy. Yeah, no, he was. Cause yes, he, like, I knew it. <laughs> he was, like, short and had weird limbs and a big nose. And then, like, you could say there was a strategy to him being like, oh, yes, the mule, he's gigantic and so strong and blah, blah, blah. Like, to mislead them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But also, do you feel like a little bit he was like, oh, yeah, no, the mule's so cool. Yeah, no, it's like the mule's real cool, and oh, he looks at you in the eyes, and you die. It's amazing. Like, fuck yeah, mule. Yeah, mule's a badass. But oh, I'm so afraid. Oh, wait, I am. <laughs> yeah, no, it was love. It was very much like, oh, guys, just oh, I love him. He's so cool. Like it was very. Ugh. Yeah. Also, he um, his whole thing with Beto was weird because he was like, he was like, oh yeah, she liked me just like, for myself without me having to manipulate her. It's like, but you weren't yourself so you were manipulating her you just weren't magically manipulating her yeah yeah no you weren't doing it like with your powers you were doing it like with your sneaky little mind you're still not likable i got you you still suck (laughs) yeah sorry buddy got got in good because you pretended to be a side clown and she has a soft spot for you apparently apparently she has a thing for side clowns she has a soft spot for side clowns because she's a woman yeah, she's a housewife. A mother in <laughs> a, sp- yeah. a space wife. A space wife. She's a ship wife. She's a ship wife. Oh my that's not what that means. Does that mean something? Yes. Does it? Yeah. Something bad? Yeah. Okay. It's I might look bad. it up. I might not. <laughs> you might ask Albert. I might ask Albert to explain that to me. <laughs> he says, Why would I know? Um, <laughs> sounds like it's a navy term it's probably just another man 
anyway. You're probably right. Peter, is it a Navy term? Uh, no, it's not. Okay. Well, it's like a 15th century Navy term. Not like Navy, not like, you know, like military Navy, like ships. Anyway. Is it like... Okay. No, we're not talking about this on the podcast. <laughs> so anyway, since Torn wasn't giving her a kid, that bum, he, uh, she found her own. <laughs> she found her own kid. In, in the mule. She's like, all this radiation made me sterile. <laughs> all this unshielded radiation we're fucking carrying around in our pockets. Torin kept carrying his, like, nuclear blaster <laughs> next to his crotch. So now I have to adopt this clown. <laughs> because I am a woman. <laughs> I do need a child. When they all sterilize themselves. That's the real problem with the foundation. Yeah, you guys don't really reproduce a lot, do you? Like... Huh, look at you that. You guys are growing that fast because you're all fucking sterile. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Um, think... One last note. Yes. Listen to the audiobook for this, right? And the funniest thing about it was that Torin calls Beta Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning her name's Joran. But <laughs> it was the best thing because he'd be like, like, oh, come here, Bay. And I was like, what? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrific. That's so wonderful. Uh, side note, side. Like, last thing, last thing. Uh, I like how the woman's name is Beta. Like, second. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about it like that. Either. Uh, so, I'm leaning more towards the camp of Isaac Asimov was a sexist. I'm torn, and this is my Beta. <laughs> Jesus that also Christ. means a different thing. Does it? Yeah, oh what are you stumbling onto? I'm going to spend some time on Urban Dictionary, so I probably won't because I don't want to know. You don't. Oh, oh my God. God knows. Anyway, uh, so I'm more in the camp of Isaac Asimov was a sexist. I think uh, he probably super was. Welcome to our recurring bit. Was Is this writer sexist? <laughs> is this writer sexist or a really good fiction teller for the time? Is he sexist or does he just really think the future is sexism? <laughs> it's going to make a big comeback. He's like, listen, I don't like it any more than you do, but... but it's the old, women can't do it as well as men, so it's clearly the only way we could do this. <laughs> listen, man, I am the first one to wish women could be smart enough to vote, okay? But they can't be trusted to make good decisions. <laughs> listen. Them and their oh, stupid God. uteri. <laughs> So, speaking of sexist authors, I guess. That's a weird intro. <laughs> we'll find out if that changes in 2017 with our next selection. <laughs> the Collapsing Empire by Jonathan Scalzi. A better segue would have been speaking of collapsing empires, but here we are. But here we are talking about sexism. <laughs> Still. Hopefully we, he's we not a sexist. He's probably not, because I he know a lot of women who like that book a lot. He would so. have been crucified in 2017. Asimov? No. Well, yeah, actually. 100%. Yeah, for sure. Oh, if who you release this book now, he would have been put on a cross by Monday. Uh, yeah, basically. Oh, man. And lost his job and all all his future. <laughs> and probably been just sued be by so. someone for something. Yeah, but he would he, get some good interviews on Fox News. Oh, so many good interviews. Him and General Donald Trump would be boys. Yeah, they would totally be boys to be like, I know Isaac. Isaac's a great guy. He's the best science fiction writer. Believe me. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, uh, so that, 
Collapsing Empire by Jonathan Scalzi. Or John it's, Scalzi? John Scalzi. Sorry. Well, I mean, maybe John. Maybe his John, John, John Toss. Johnny. Johnny Scalzi. Johnny, good old Johnny Scalzi. Oh, is that, is that Johnny Scalzi? Oh, Johnny Scalzi. He used to be behind. <laughs> <laughs> now he's writing books. Just so everyone knows, if they occasionally hear a slapping noise, it's me f- hitting myself in the fucking face. <laughs> Why? Because you it's hate called, us so much. It's a facepalm. Oh, that's what they call a facepalm. Yeah. I'll, I'll look that up on Urban Dictionary, too. <laughs> OCC. When I have my sort of post-show debrief. <laughs> on what you should know, but really you wish you didn't. <laughs> okay. So, uh, if you want to reach us, you can uh, find us at scifisidebar.com. Nope, signifyfucknetwork.com nope. forward slash sci-fi sidebar. <laughs> Fuck, I do that every time. Yeah, you're losing it. Yeah, or facebook.com slash sci-fi sidebar. Or uh, you can uh, email us at sci-fi sidebar at signifyfucknetwork.com. And uh, yeah, feel free for you to reach out. Please uh, let us know. We'd love and, it if uh, you would rate and review us on iTunes, Apple If you, Podcasts, could, uh, if you could share us with your friends, that would be pretty cool. We would love cool. that. And... Um, if you uh, if you happen to do a sci-fi podcast of your own, we'd uh, we'd love to have a guest on at some point. Yeah, that'd be terrific. That, that could be pretty cool. So maybe we could do a little a little exchange of, of ideas, of concepts, and of advertisement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. Hit us up. Um. All right, guys. Well, so we'll see you on September twenty fourth with Collapsing Empire. And this has been Sci-Fi Sidebar by the Signifying Nothing Network. A tale told by idiots. <laughs> I guess. How we go?